Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com. Today on Watching Your Wealth, why some wealthy families struggle with addiction and a look at the growing field of financial therapy. This is Watching Your Wealth from The Wall Street Journal. Advice for making, keeping, and protecting your money. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. Coming up, we'll take a quick look at the field of financial therapy. But first, how to help your addicted loved ones. This is Veronica Dagger, and you're listening to Watching Your Wealth, where you learn all you need to know about building your wealth and protecting your money. Arden O'Connor is CEO of the O'Connor Professional Group. She specializes in helping wealthy families battle addiction and other behavioral health issues. Welcome, Arden. Thank you, Veronica, for having me. My pleasure. So, Arden, how come some wealthy families struggle with addiction issues? Well, Veronica, I think there's a number of factors that contribute to the exacerbation of substance abuse and addiction issues within wealthy families. Well, financial resources can be really helpful if somebody is diagnosed with an issue in terms of getting them the appropriate inpatient or outpatient treatment. Mm -hmm. One of the struggles with having tremendous financial resources is it enables families and individuals to avoid natural consequences. Mm. I like to use my family as an example. You know, mm -hmm. my youngest brother struggles with addiction issues and was actually in the court system in California. And when he came up um, for a very potentially long prison sentence, we hired an attorney in the Boston area as well as an attorney in the California area to defend him in court and come up with a private pay option for a residential treatment center. Mm. And a family with more modest means, that option just wouldn't have been available. So he likely would have struggled with very high stakes, but legal consequences for his behavior. In his case, he was able to avoid that, which unfortunately led to many more use years of substance abuse issues. It makes sense, right? Because avoiding it may not be the best thing. Actually, it might be the worst thing for someone who's got an addiction. Now, if you have a family member who's addicted, what are your first steps in helping them? You know, I have the answer that nobody wants to hear, which is that it depends. Mm -hmm. um, and I say that because it really depends on whether or not the family member has approached this person before, whether they feel like the person is open to getting help or whether they're going to be resistant, and frankly, what role um, the person plays in the family. It, you know, we work with a broad range from adolescents to older folks, and obviously uh, in confronting a 16-year-old about their substance abuse issue who's financially dependent on their parents, mm -hmm. um, that's a very different scenario than going to the patriarch of the family who's also providing financial support to the family mm, who's 65 and is struggling with medical issues as well as an addiction issue. Um, in general, I think whether it's the family members um, or the individual, somebody needs to get in touch with a professional. If the individual is willing to get help, you could make a direct referral to get an addiction expert to do an assessment. If it's family members who suspect the person is going to be unwilling, then my suggestion would be to reach out to an addiction professional to get a better sense of how they can best manage the issue and promote healthy recovery. Mm. Now, I want to talk about some mistakes to avoid when you're trying to help someone, because as you mentioned before, it was the case with your brother, if you have resources, you can think you're helping them, but maybe investing those resources may not be the best thing for them. So what are some mistakes to avoid if we're wealthy and we have an addiction issue we're trying to help someone with? Probably the number one way we see families make mistakes is to assume that the person 
um, needs more money to solve the issue. So we see a lot of families who pour financial resource after financial resource into an issue um, that is either based on the individual, you know, the person, the addicted loved one's opinion as to what's going to help them Hmm. without any sort of vetting of the resource. I think it's really important to make sure whatever, whether it's an inpatient rehab or a therapist, whatever resource you're going to suggest that that addicted loved one use, it's been vetted. Uh, The other patterns of behavior we see with families of means is to, you know, overcompensate for a loved one, you know, go and make excuses in social situations or at the person's job for why they're not performing as opposed to letting them struggle with some of those consequences on their own. We see some families who just live in complete denial and hope that the issue is going to get better because they don't want to rock the boat, Hmm. which hasn't been a really productive pattern of behavior. Um, And then the other area that we see some families go into is getting angry and blaming the loved one. And addiction is a chronic disease. So in the same way that you would get angry at someone for a cancer diagnosis, blaming them or saying you just need to stop aren't productive uses of behavior. All good points. You know, Arden, you had mentioned rehabs. Families of means could blow a lot of money on rehab centers, right? So how do you figure out what's a good one, what's a bad one, what's a good use of your money? Sure. So facilities cost somewhere between $10,000 and $100,000 per month. And insurance plans, yeah, it's a very expensive investment. Our family spent half a million dollars out of pocket on my brother's care, and that's not the highest number I've heard by any stretch of the imagination Mm -hmm. within our client population. And some of that is driven because Internet marketing places a high dollar value on the advertisement. So when you go and Google addiction treatment, um, you're going to get some of the facilities that pay the most money to rank the highest search. So, again, my recommendation is to try and contact an addiction professional, a therapist, you know, a firm like ours, some type of educational consultant who can really better understand in a more thorough way what issues that person is struggling with and make a more clinically informed recommendation of what option might be the best. That's a good point because the place that that looks the nicest or has the nicest spa may not be the place that your loved one needs. They might need some totally different approach. That's right. And there's even been some documentaries. um, There's a movie out now with a documentary called Business of Recovery that's been unearthing some I would say what I would call them questionable ethical practices are happening on the internet. So sometimes the pictures you're seeing are not representing the actual facility that you're being, you think you're being routed to, or you're calling what looks like a uh, website for addicted loved ones when in fact, um, it, you know, it looks like it's going to be a general helping website when in fact it routes you to a call center. So you just have to be really careful before investing any resources. Be a careful consumer. Thank you so much for joining us about this very important topic, Arden. No problem, and thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thanks again to Arden O'Connor for joining us. Stay tuned to learn if you may need a financial therapist. Hi, I'm Paul Vigna. If you do not subscribe to the Money Bee podcast, you are going to feel worse than a short seller on the day of a big rally. Go to iTunes and WSJ.com slash podcasts. You want to sign up for this one. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. Now, here's Veronica Dagger. Welcome back to Watching Your Wealth. The field of financial therapy is growing. In financial therapy, the therapist helps you understand your issues with money. Do you always spend too much even though you don't want to? Do you spoil your adult child even if you know you shouldn't? And do you fight with your spouse about money because you had very different upbringings? Then a financial therapist may be able to help. 
They'll help you uncover your unconscious beliefs about money and help you modify your behavior using their expertise in psychology and money. But beware, anyone can call themselves a financial therapist. Start by asking the potential therapist about their training and approach. If they are not a financial planner, see if they have a degree in marriage or family therapy. The Financial Therapy Association's member directory may help you get started. This has been Watching Your Wealth, a production of The Wall Street Journal. I'm Veronica Dagger. For more information, check us out at wsj.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously.